podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. How are you? I'm I'm hang, I'm hanging in there. You're you're lovely this week. Right. You're back on, in in my good graces. I was, I, I was wondering if I was really wondering if I was going to be uh, not lovely as I was last week when I was telling everyone to uh, sell the Chiefs defense uh, <sighs> and uh, and try to rip someone off in your league for for you know value for, for plugging in a weak spot in your lineup, or if I was actually just going to be lovely just like every other week. So it's good to see. You're, yeah, I I would I was thinking because you know. I had Mike James in, in a lot of my daily leagues this oh. week, and, and afterwards, in the leagues that I had him in, I, 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 in, in a couple of them, I finished 25th out of 50 in 50-50s, and it was because of those 4.1 points. So if it, if it would have gone the wrong way, I might have taken it out on you, Oh, but it, it, I, was, I was fortuitous, and, and, and it worked out, fortunately. I, think, I really think that uh, every savvy, and I guess you know, we're, I'm kind of patent myself and, and, and you on the back a little bit by saying this, but every savvy uh, daily uh, owner uh, was just destroyed by that Mike James injury. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, because he was a, such a screaming value on every yeah. on every site, not just FanDuel. Uh, right. uh, draft day, draft sheet, just a great value. Uh, and I had him everywhere. You know, with the, but that's that's part of the problem is when you have such massive exposure to one player you really are you really um kind of set yourself up for um you know either a, a great week or a disaster if the guy goes down like James did and man that that uh you're 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 uh, well not lucky but uh, you're you're good for finishing 25th in those yeah, right. because his his injury meant that I collected exactly zero pennies from all of my 50/50s so yeah yeah it was it was Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was certainly lucky for my end, but it kind of reminded me of that uh, in, in a little bit, a little way of, of that Eddie Lacy concussion against the Redskins oh. when he had that screaming value uh, yeah. when when he was finally getting enough touches to be that RB1 in the in the Packers offense. And then against that Washington defense that gives up um, uh, that that allows three fat Eddie Lacy's to go through <laughs> yeah. uh, the hole. No, August and, Eddie Lacy. Sorry. Yeah, just all of them. And, uh, you know, and then he got hurt and he went out and everyone, everyone was screwed from that too. That's, that's just the, that's the life of, of daily fantasy. That's the one thing, you know, I was, I was on, uh, on, I was telling you, I was on this, the sports wonderkin, uh, Google hangout podcast with, with Davis and Coleman last night. And the one thing that really has, has become true is the fact that the, the daily fantasy market, it was it, it it probably was better last year because it's certainly a lot more saturated this year. And you think about it, it's just kind of like it's the sharks, and then it's it's and then below them it's it's the the analysts and the the people maybe like me and you who who study this stuff like crazy and we're we're pseudo degenerates. Right. But then but then there's those other there's the average uh, fantasy football daily player who 
can just take the knowledge from us or, or whatever the knowledge that we have, mm-hmm. let's say. I mean, it's not like it's substantial or anything, but I'm saying they can they can easily pick that from us, from what we write, from this, from what other sites are saying, sure. and and almost duplicate exactly what we're doing, and that's not really gaining much of an advantage for us. Oh no, let me tell you. I mean, my my experience in in daily fantasy is not incredibly deep, but I remember uh, last season there were times where. You know, I, w- I would see my opponents line up. You know, right when the games go live on on uh, Thursday night or, or Sunday morning, depending on what kind of matchup you have, and yeah. and, and I would see my head to head opponent opponents line up, and I would just be dumbfounded at how how bad it was. You know, yeah. And and this year, honestly, it's it's very rare where I see a lineup where I'm like, Psh, oh man, this this guy, look at this guy. You know, it's mostly like, oh, uh, all right, well, that's pretty much exactly my lineup except for like two guys, so going to yeah. come down so yeah no it's it, i think it's gotten much more difficult uh, unfortunately unfortunately it's become uh i wouldn't say more sharks are in it but people are much more informed and yeah that's, right it's a and, problem and people it's becoming it's it's just becoming much more aware and pe- people know about it more so they're going to put more money in it and they're going to study it harder and they're going to want to be like these sharks and do it full time and, and do it for a living yeah and because of that, they're they're essentially taking information that used to give us a competitive edge, yeah, we're set, and it, we're, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, like, I mean, it, it's it's absurd sometimes. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm I'm talking to to people that don't even know football, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'm playing. I guess it's kind of it's kind of akin to what I do with basketball in a way. Like, I know basketball, I get it, you know, and I I I, I know the players, but I don't know them well enough. But I'm just stealing lineups from Number Fire, and I'm dominating. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just it, it's it's the way that it it kind of works. It's a sham, kind of, but but uh, that that's just kind of the way that it goes, I guess. We're, we're we're being huge degenerates right now. We really are. We really are. Enough en- enough of this. Uh-huh. This is stupid. Let's let's help our yes. our listeners how, out. How do, so how do we do? Yeah. So last week we had uh, you had the Eagles uh, who were playing the Packers, the Seneca Wallace turned Scott Tolson Packers. Uh-huh. Uh, you had Tennessee playing against the Chad Hennies and the Raiders playing against the uh, Hakeem Nicks. That's right. Yeah, because obviously Hakeem Nicks is the, the face of that offense. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the face of, of what's wrong mostly. I mean, it's <laughs> true. Uh, That's true. Yeah, and before we get into those uh, results, well, I should say that the Raiders finished number four. Tell the people, tell the good people where the number fire algorithm had the Raiders for last week. Yeah, it was crazy. They the 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 algorithm spit out the Raiders at the, as the number one defense last week, and and they ended up number four. That's what you know. I want people to realize that uh, anytime you're dealing with data, the more information you have, the better off you're going to be. And I know that you can say that about anyone using data, but when it's strictly a data driven algorithm uh, without any subjectivity, you're gonna find things that uh, you know other people might not see. So, you know, the confidence was certainly there with Oakland, and it, and it turned out to be correct. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I, I didn't know that, to be honest. I mean, I, I really should have known that. But um, I wrote in my uh, the fake football column this week that um, playing Oakland's defense, which I, I actually did use them in one redraft league, and, man, I should have used them in more daily leagues. Yeah. But um, playing the, the Raiders' defense last week was really uh, like a test of how much you trust the numbers over mm-hmm. over kind of just satisfying your comfort level 
um, right. in, in a defense because it was it, honestly in the in the league that I uh, in which I used the Raiders, I was not comfortable at all. But I thought, right. you know, look at the 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 Giants are giving up fifteen and a half fantasy points per game to opposing defenses. Right. So you know, I'm 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 rolling with it, and, and it, it paid off. It's just one of those things where you just have to trust. Yeah, it's also it's also that um, I, I mean I know this isn't really uh, data analysis, but like for instance, I I actually rolled with with the Steelers in a couple of leagues last week, and and it sounded crazy going in, but it, it's that emotion side of of football where you get embarrassed and you're gonna come back and you're gonna come back fighting sure. typically. Sure, you know. They just they just let up seven touchdowns to, to a backup quarterback in three quarters. You don't think that they're going to come out and try to try to at least make that somewhat better against Eli Manning, or you don't think that the Steelers, uh, you know, didn't get a mouthful from Dick LeBeau and weren't going to come out against EJ Manuel, who was by the way EJ Manuel was awful on Sunday, awful. He's not even he's not even in streaming talks right no, now I... with with quarterback. I mean, he is he looked really really bad. The, the the Bills had 80 yards of total offense in the first half. Wow. I mean, it was it was bad. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just kind of have to see how the flow of of uh, the season is going and and how the the even though the last game went so bad, you know that they're going to regress and you know that they might regress even further than you thought that they would. Yeah, I agree. Um. So you had the yeah. So you had the Raiders and then the, the Eagles who who, who played what. Yeah, played well. They got that pick in the end zone. Yeah, which was nice. Right, and I mean, I know uh, Tolson actually put two hundred and eighty on them, which is right, really, right. really um, impressive. By the way, that the guy can just roll yeah. in there and throw for two eighty. Um, that's 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 twenty thirteen's NFL. <laughs> it is. And did you hear Jeff Saturday um, say that that uh, that Tolson's performance was? Part, you know, more proof that Aaron Rodgers is nothing but a product of Mike, Mike McCarthy's system. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that, yeah. but of, of course, of course. Right, it is. I think that's clear at this point. <laughs> think, yeah, of course that, you know, three and a half quarters can show you that. I think, I think Tolson is uh, pretty much locked and loaded to be their starter for 2014. I mean, they already have the quarterback of the future. They can just get rid of <laughs> Rodgers now. Um, and then my third defense last week was, was Tennessee, which, you know, I, I don't regret playing them because they were playing Jacksonville, and you know these things happen sometimes. This is why <laughs> defensive streaming can be so difficult um, because you know the the best play of of week ten ended up scoring seven fantasy points, which I, honestly, I mean, it's not it's not horrible, it's not terrible, but um, it was the fifteenth best um, of of week ten. So you know. Uh, that that stuff happens, but overall it was it was a really solid week for defensive streamers. Yeah, very very solid. Unfortunately, I can't say the same about quarterbacks again. Uh, I uh, Eli is done. I'm done with Eli. No more. No more Eli. Jake Locker got hurt, so we can probably give a little bit of a pass yeah, for that definitely. one. Um, and then I mean the other guy who I who I I did say on the podcast that I was highest on was Ryan Tannehill, and he ended up getting over 15 fantasy points, so he wasn't. He wasn't all that bad uh, against against Tampa Bay, and and but they did lose, mm-hmm. which isn't good. By the way, but that doesn't matter to us. I no, not at all. I, I don't even know. I don't even know the records of teams. I just, I, I just, <laughs> I didn't see the, Dude, the matrix ones and zeros when I watched. Do you know how many people think that the Cardinals are bad this year? Yeah, oh, I I really think that people think they're like zero and nine. Yeah, and they're they have a winning record. Yeah. Um, 
man. Uh, oh, I loved what you had to say about um, the Dolphins receiver, uh, Matt Matthews. Yeah. Uh, after his uh, just bonkers Monday night performance, um, you, uh, you you wrote about him in, in your in your waiver wire column on Number Fire. And if I remember correctly, if I can quote you correctly, you actually just said the word no. <laughs> wait, wait, did I really? Yeah, you just said it. You actually, yeah, you had the number. I mean, you had his name. And then underneath, instead of like three or four sentences talking about why or why you not, you, you might want to pick him up. I don't know if that was mine. Oh, it was someone else then. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I was very confused. Sorry. It was someone else on number five who just. Oh, it might have been. You know what? It might have been. Uh, it might have been Nick. Let me see if his. Because he, yeah. he did. Oh, yeah. It was Nick. It was... Our, uh, our, our owner. <laughs> I didn't even see uh, this. Good call. It was such a he had he had all, all his pickups like Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Mark Ingram and Tavon Austin. Then he had Richard Matthews at the bottom, and he, he said no, no, just just the word no. Although I don't really agree with that. Yeah, I don't I don't either because Brandon Gibson was getting so many looks, and yeah. uh, Tannehill has to throw. I think John Gruden and all his rambling and, and screaming on Monday night actually made a valid point, which was uh, Tannehill has to throw short. Because of his horrible offensive line, he doesn't have time to yeah. sit there and wait for deep uh, deep routes to develop with with Wallace and Hartline. So he has to look for Charles Clay, our boy, and um, and, and his slot receiver, whoever that may be. And the, and at this point, it's Matthews. Yeah, no, I'm 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 all for uh, Richard Matthews as as something. And in the one thing I actually wrote today, uh, the Dolphins have the the fourth highest passer run ratio this season, uh, really? which. Which they haven't. They've run the third fewest amount of plays, so their their pass plays ranks about thirteenth. But if you factor in teams that haven't been on the bye yet, I'd say they're like a, a top ten volume wise passing team. Nice. So that in general shows that there's potential for uh, a guy like. I mean, Tannehill. I'll, I'll actually I'll talk about Tannehill in a second because I have him. There's so many streamers this week. I'm gonna have to talk about them. But uh, I, I think I think that there's at least some sort of con- some consistency. Uh, week to week in that offense from a passing perspective, maybe not from Mike Wallace because it's Mike Wallace. God, he's so bad. He's so um, bad. It makes me. It makes me so happy watching him fail. He, he, no, he is so. Uh, he he is like as Dennis Green would say, he is what we thought he was. Right? Oh yeah, and it's so awesome because not. I mean, aside from the the humble brag, I I told you so stuff right. that I because I mean I watched the guy for for a few years in Pittsburgh, but. Uh, the 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 arrogance that he showed when he was in Pittsburgh to getting that contract to what he's doing now is is unbelievable. It's I mean like of course of course we're sitting here as as middle Americans doing a, a podcast on fantasy football and he's made millions and millions of dollars so he's really smiling back at us because he listens. I, I he does listen. I would also say that I'm an East Coaster just for the record. Yeah, right. Well, it's, that's, that's a good point. So, you, know, you, know, I, you know I hate real America. You know that, right? <laughs> that's right. So, but, but it's, it's insane to, to, to see how bad he actually is and the fact that he got so much money. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He was so bad. It, it was, and it, I understand it was Revis, but yeah. come on. So, uh, there, there was a point where uh, on Monday night where he caught like a, like a six-yard out. And Revis just picked him up 
and, and like, and they, they ended up, I think at the end of the tackle, he was three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that was, I think that was on the last drive. And, and I was thinking, I, look, I, I don't like to like slap the soft label on players, but if you ever met a player ever in football, who is super no. soft? It's Mike Wallace, right? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I agree. mean, that guy, uh, he if he, if he's not catching it on the fly at full one hundred percent sprint, you know yeah. he's not he's not doing anything. I know, but uh, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. I, I actually love to hate him too. Just yeah, I Mike Wallace might is probably top five hated uh, player for me in the league. Oh, I mean, but who who likes? I mean, I, I'm not saying that that. That you're not alone or, or anything. No, like, no one likes but it. I, I've never, I've never seen anyone, <laughs> or on Twitter or on TV or anything, <laughs> say like I love Mike Wallace. Everyone's like, at best, you're like, eh, eh. Like, why he shouldn't have a job, right? Well, I mean, look, he's a nice, he's a nice, like you know, deep threat, like number two. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna say person, and I was just gonna say no. No, he's not a no. I know. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna nick Richard Matthews, you. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, oh so man. I'm, so yeah. Go ahead. I'm, what were I'm, you I'm say? looking at at top tight ends from week ten, and yeah. my God, I did not realize. L- listen to the, some of these names, right? I'm, I mean, clearly, oh, as we said, and as as most as most fantasy writers said, John Carlson was the number one fantasy. Tight oh, of course, end. of course. I think we had that pegged. So. Um, <laughs> to, and your boy Delaney Walker, boom, number four. Uh, that made me feel. That made me feel very good too. Last week, because that was another. That was another algorithm pickout because he was a top ten tight end on number five. Yeah, and and that's because and I, I'm sure it's partly because Jacksonville is, is horrendous against tight ends. Um, right. Rob Hausler, number five. Uh, Brandon Bostic, who I think we all had on a daily team at least. <laughs> of course, was, was number six. Chris Gregg, who I had in my 2018 league, um, <laughs> was number seven. I mean, Brandon Pettigrew, number eight. Taylor. But Brandon Pettigrew actually is the most surprising on this list. I, I, well, that's what I mean. I'm, and Pettigrew is like the Jimmy Graham of this list right now. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, and this is standard scoring, by the way, everybody. Um, uh, Taylor Thompson is number is number ten. Uh, this, Duh. Th- uh, yeah, I mean Logan Paulson. It, it's just crazy. It was the craziest tight end week of all. It man, by crazy I mean Ever. horrible. By the way, right? Horrible, right? I mean, it was bad. It was bad. I mean, tight end scoring in general is always a crapshoot. I mean, it, it's it's one of those situations where you you know you don't have uh, a Graham or a Gronk and maybe a, a Jordan Reed at this point, or maybe a Jordan Cameron, right? Or or you're just you're hoping they get 40 yards in the touchdown. <laughs> if they get if they get 40 yards in the touchdown, you're the best tight end day in the world. Yeah, look at uh I mean Dallas Clark outscored Jimmy Graham. Yeah, that that was kind of fun. Except I, I did trade for I I do have I I have Graham and Gronk stock now. Oh, you're sick. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I know, I know. Um and I I will say one of one of the most uh disappointing parts uh as far as tight ends go in week 10. Um uh, Tyler Tyler Eifert saw 10 targets against Baltimore yeah. and um and couldn't do better than 55 yards on 10 targets. Uh, yeah, that's a shame with Gresham out. That was a real shame. Yeah, I mean he he ran a ton of routes. I, f- I forget exactly how many like uh, in the upper 30s um which is great. He saw ten targets, and 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 I I watched a lot of that game. 
Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, unfortunately, and uh, they dude, uh, and 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 he he almost caught at least one touchdown. So yeah, that 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 game was so bad. Was I mean that that last play and everything in regulation was fantastic, but. I don't think I've watched a game, and I'm not just saying this as a Steeler fan. Trust me, I'm not. You can attest, any. You have no fandom. <laughs> I have not seen a game where there have been that bad, where ha- there has been that bad of quarterback play on both sides of the ball in, in a really long time. Uh, it it was bad. It was really really bad. That's brutal. Yeah, I was actually at at my grandparents' house on the Eastern Shore, so that's like. In in Maryland, there's the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, and right. you, when you go over that, you get to the Eastern Shore, like like right on the 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 tip, right of of Maryland, and so they don't they don't have any sort of uh, you know Directv or or NFL Network or Red Zone, right. so I was stuck watching the Ravens game, and uh, just 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 almost literally dying inside. Yeah, it was it was really bad. I had it in the background while I was streaming the Steelers on my on my computer. It was it was rough. This that's that's the tragedy of living in Cincinnati as a Steeler fan is I have to watch that crap. Yeah. You, you know what we call this? We call this first world problems. That's what we call. It. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh man. All right. Well, it was a decent week overall. I think we balanced things out with the tight end picks and then my one bad quarterback pick and then the other one being all right and then all of your defenses playing pretty well. So it was it was a solid mm-hmm. solid week yeah. overall, I'd say. Considering what we're working with, guys. Which is not a lot. No. But this week this week it's a lot. At least at quarterback. Do you want to start with the defenses though? Sure, sure. Uh I, I, I will say I, I've I've thought about a metaphor for, for for what it's like to um you know recommend a streaming options uh every week. Um, and are, are you are you old enough to remember the first Batman movie? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. You you know of it? Yeah. So, the the part <laughs> the part where uh, uh, Joker um, gets like flushed down that like toxic <laughs> tube, right? And it, the doctor kind of you know it, you know he goes to the doctor, the underground doctor, and he sits down in that chair. And and he he basically like begs the doctor to um uh, to do something with his horribly disfigured face, right? right. Uh, and the doctor's like, I, I I can't do it, I can't do it. We're like the doctor, <laughs> you know, we're 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 like the doctor with 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 people being like, please, please heal my horribly disfigured team. I, I yeah, help. it's very it's good. I like and, that. And and we're we're just like, I can't. I can't do it. It's against my ethics. It's so horrible. It's so okay. All right, fine. Uh, uh, Gresham, <laughs> fine. Uh, uh, Dallas Clark, just just do it. Little little do people know we have we have dart boards that that we got manufactured that we we have in front of our laptops while we podcast and we're throwing darts literally, quite literally. <laughs> I have I my my biggest dart uh I because I changed it I changed. I switched out Jordan Reed for Tim Wright mm-hmm. in, for the second half of the season. So that's that's the biggest that's, portion of my dark. Yeah, board. and I mean, that, but, but when you hear anybody talk about algorithms, what they actually mean is dartboard. That's it's all dartboards. <laughs> it's not an algorithm. It's just a dartboard. There, we actually at Number Fire, we hired someone that just throws darts all day. Right, right. That's all he does. He's called an intern. <laughs> Lucky guy. All right. Yeah. Well, getting getting to week eleven defensive streamers. Um, I, I have to mention the Cardinals. I know they're they're only at least as of uh, as of Tuesday night, 
um, they were only available in about one in five leagues. So I, I understand that it's a little bit cherry picking there, but if, if they're out there in your league, you have to get them. They're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville is getting up, giving up uh, a, a ton of points to, um, to opposing defenses and the Cardinals are, um, a legit defense. I mean, they have a top 10 pass coverage unit. Um, and, um, you know, we saw, we've seen how, how horrendous Chad Henney has been. So um, yeah. you, you got to go with them. But uh, to, to, to real streaming options here, you have, I think you have two, two in one game, really. Um, I, I prefer the Giants um, against the Packers. Um, but I would also feel somewhat comfortable with going, going with the Packers against the Giants because like we did with Oakland, Oakland last week, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Giants give up a ton of points and, and they, and they did last week, even though they won the game, Eli's yeah. still giving up a, a, a lot of points. So, uh, the, um, uh, the, the Packers, uh, they rank in, in pro, in pro football focuses, a measurement of, you know, pass coverage, pass rush, uh, run defense. They rank in the bottom half, like well into the bottom half of every one of those metrics. So th- this is not really a, uh, a play where you're, you're finding a, an underrated defense. Um, you know, you're, you're just trusting that the Giants are very generous to opposing defenses. Um, but uh, getting to the Giants defense against the Packers, um, I mean, if you really, if you believe Scott, Scott Tolson, you know, is, is going to, um, you know, play as well as he did last week, um, you know, at a, a an enemy stadium, um, I think it, it, that game's on primetime, right? That's a game Sunday night? Mm, I thought it was. Uh, no, oh, no, it's not. The, the Chiefs-Broncos is Oh, is it, was, it was flexed, actually, yeah. yeah it, it was right. originally supposed to be, and then they realized what was happening. Right, but then they realized it's a shitty game. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, crappy. Crappy, yeah. Jeez, the kids are listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I found this stat pretty interesting. I know the Giants have played a lot of uh, really, uh, uh, as JJ would say, crappy defenses. I mean, offenses lately. <laughs> Um, but uh, they they haven't allowed the, the Giants defense has not allowed a touchdown drive of 35 yards or more over the past three games. Wow! Um, and now you really have to put that in perspective and, and and realize that they played the you know Josh Freeman Vikings and the Matt Barkley Matt Barkley led Eagles, um, and then last week against Terrell Pryor and on one leg basically. Um, yeah. But. I mean, is Scott, is Scott Tolson, you know, suddenly, you know, a, a scary prospect? I'm, I'm using. Well, Jeff Saturday thinks. So. <laughs> Same as Rogers. Um, <laughs> I'm using the Giants in in, in quite a few leagues, um, redraft leagues this week. If, yeah, if I, yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that people don't realize with the Giants, think of it this way: What are the Packers going 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 to need to do to win? They're going to have to run Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Well, the the Giants actually stopped the run. We've said this on the podcast before. They stopped the run very, very well. People people don't realize that, but they uh, since since week three against Carolina, so they started out the season eighty eight yards, one hundred and ten yards, one hundred and thirty eight yards to opposing running backs. Since week four, week four through ten, they've given up sixty seven, sixty, seventy five, twenty eight, forty seven, and eighty eight yards rushing. And mind you, it was against Jamal Charles. LaShawn McCoy twice, Matt Forte, and Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I mean, 
the, they've they've stopped the run very well. I, I you know I I am not you know just to just to throw a little tidbit out there. I'm not I'm not really that high on Eddie Lacy this week. I think it's a it's an underrated matchup. Yes. Uh, or I guess overrated depending on the way that you want to look at it. But it, but regardless, the, the the Giants defense is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Yeah. Uh, uh, John Beeson ha- has made a, a big difference for for yeah it's been interesting yeah. for the Giants yeah. defense and I don't say that as as someone who you know like like watches the film and like you know watches every snap of every game but I I've read a, a lot of um, you know New York area media coverage of the Giants defense over the past month or so and it's become clear that um, he's added an element an attitude something along those lines. Uh, that uh, that has made a difference. I mean, the the, the Giants' defense uh, is uh, is the sixth best in in the whole league. I mean, mm-hmm. so you figure with that kind of run defense, you know, the the Packers are not going to just are not going to just be able to hide Tolson and and run Eddie, Eddie Lacy thirty five times. And and I did I I forgot to mention that Tolson threw two picks against the Eagles in in three and a half quarters. So. Um, yeah. You know, it's not like he threw for two eighty and four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the I, I was on I was on the couch with with Sigmund uh, Bloom yesterday, and and the one thing that I that I point that I talked about was the fact that these backup quarterbacks are are succeeding mostly because they're fearless. I mean, these guys are coming into the game like Case Keenum, even even Jason Campbell's throwing it around uh, deeper and, and further down the field than he's used to doing, uh, and I think that plays into. It's good for fantasy, you know, like a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, fantastic, just because he's he doesn't care. So, I mean, he cares about you know what I mean. Yeah. But, but, but really, what what it means is that a defense is is going to be able to get turnovers. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and and so I I would prefer the the Giants. I have them as a as I believe a top ten play this week. Um, it does the number fire algorithm like the like the Giants at all? Let me let me uh, pull that up. Well, really while, while, you're, while you're looking that up, uh, I, I I would mention the Jets at the Bills as as my um, third real streamer, but you know fourth if you count the Cardinals. Um, yeah. the, just real quickly, Buffalo is seventh most generous to opposing defenses. Uh, they're allowing nine and a half fantasy points per game um, to defenses, and uh, it's actually gotten much worse over the last uh, three games. They've allowed uh, 13 points uh, to opposing defenses over that span. So um, the Jets, with that with that great um, uh, run defense, I and and the way Emmanuel looked last week, I think that you really have something there with the Jets. Yeah. So the Jets are Jets are number five, is number two defense as well. Wow. Uh, behind behind Carolina. Uh, but wow. The the yeah. But the the Giants actually are pretty low because I don't think that we've uh, completely adjusted for Aaron Rodgers not playing. Mm, mm, mm. So that's that's actually something that I'm going to have to talk to our our analyst about. Wow, the 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 Jets are number two behind Carolina, huh? Yeah, yeah, the Car- Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where you know we see a glimpse of what the Patriots could potentially do, right. but Carolina's playing pretty dominant ball right now. Oh no, I I think the Panthers are an every week start. Yeah, absolutely, and they're at they're at home too. And, and they're at home, 
on in prime time, I mean that place is going to be rocking, even though it it has historically not. I was going to say no one wins in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, it's I've been I've actually been there before, and and it was it was bad. I bet it was no. Oh, it was really bad. But I'm excited for for Panther fans. I mean, it's they that team is so legitimate. Yeah, so legitimate. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's going to be fun to watch for all for all like 97 Panthers fans. This is this is an awesome yeah. time. I mean, for what it's worth, New England's the number three defense. I mean, basically, we're saying it's going to be a defensive struggle. Man, I hope because I'm I'm playing Cam Newton basically in every league this year. I mean, this week. So yeah, that's uh, that's my nice. hope. Okay, that that's good. To know. That's good to know. And and uh, yeah, so the the Jets, Giants, um, uh, Packers to to an extent, and of course the Cardinals. The Cardinals first and foremost for me. Nice. Yeah, Cardinals are top ten as well. For 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 the algorithms, it's always good to always good to test and see what what um, objective computers say. Right, and and the target throwers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what the what the dart throwers I mean, say. The dart throwers, yes. Yeah, aka the interns. So, uh, quarterbacks. My oh my, are there a lot of quarterbacks? A lot. Um, I'll I'll start with uh, who I had last week, which is Ryan Tannehill. Um, the, the Dolphins are facing the, who are they playing against again? Oh, the, the Chargers. That's right. Same, yeah. Um, the, the Chargers have, are, are ranked third to last when adjusted for th- first strength of schedule against the pass, um, according to some of our expected points metrics. And that, that aligns very well with the amount of fantasy points that they're giving up to quarterbacks, which is the second most. Uh, the thing with Ryan Tannehill and what I was kind of talking about earlier is that people don't understand how safe of a pick he is every week. He scored between 10.6 and 16.8 points every single week this season in fantasy. Mm. Every single week. Which is fine. If you need a safe pick, if you feel if you feel good elsewhere in your lineup, or or sorry, if you if you maybe have a riskier lineup and you just need some some stability, a guy like Ryan Tannehill can work. Um so I'm fine with starting him against San Diego. It's probably gonna be um, you know, it's in Miami. It's probably going to be a decently uh, high-scoring game just because every game that San Diego is a part of uh, becomes that because their defense is so bad. Uh, so I think I think Tannehill can get a couple scores like he did this week. Um, other guy, and the other guy uh, is Mike Glennon. And before I get into the analysis, I want to I want to read what what ESPN. You know, you can click a player and see his projection, and that little box pops up yeah. and it gives you a little snippet of what what that guy's all about. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the stuff that, that is written in those little boxes is so black and white and is so, it's so exaggerated. So I wanted to read the Mike Glennon one who mm-hmm. he's playing Atlanta's defense, mind you, who who's absolutely awful against quarterbacks. All right. So it says Glennon posted putrid fantasy stats in week 10, but it was his first game as a starter with fewer than 15 fantasy points. Despite the fact the Falcons allow the fifth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, he's not worth starting in standard leagues and is a low-end QB2. Wow. So, so we're, we're saying that there's no hope for Mike Glenn. Wow. For long so, neck, so long neck they're saying that like he is unusable in all but the deepest of leagues. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's exactly what they're saying. You know what's funny about that? You know, the last time he played Atlanta... He put up nineteen point five fantasy points. And it, yeah, no, and it could have been a lot better. I remember watching that game and yeah. really close to putting up a ridiculous stat line. 
Look, the fact is Atlanta has has given up, other than the, the game against Cam, Cam threw for one touchdown and ran for a touchdown. So effectively, they've given up at least two touchdowns to every single quarterback they've faced this yeah. year. And there, there's no reason to say that Mike Glennon... I mean, sure, Mike Glennon could be a low-end QB, too, at the end of the day. It's Mike Glennon. He's a rookie. He's on a, a miserable offense that doesn't have any running game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, of course he could he could collapse. But at the same time, you're just completely writing him off when he is actually a decent streamer this week. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, the old days, like the dial-up days, uh, I used to... Uh, get a lot of my fantasy analysis from those little pop-up boxes on players oh, profiles yeah. <laughs> oh all the all the time i would and, i would have seen that back in the day and been like oh oh damn oh oh i cannot i cannot even consider glennon no matter how deep my league is right i mean look at look at eli manning so hey i'm gonna i'm gonna do a quick comparison right now so mike glennon since becoming starter in in tampa bay has put up 18.8 19 well sorry his his first game was against arizona and it was 5.5 points against one of the best defenses in the league. And it was his first start ever. So let's let's push that aside because it's probably not that relevant. Since then, 18.8, 19.5, 15.2, 15.9. And then obviously this past week he had a bad game against Miami where he had 7.1 points, right? Now we look at Eli Manning, okay? Eli Manning since week six, 7.4 and yet they think that Eli Manning is going to score five more points than Mike Lennon this week. There's no reason to think that. There's no reason. It's just completely illogical. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, Mike Lennon, you know, he's a a decent play this week. I think that he at least gets double-digit points uh, for your squad. Definitely a chance to to maybe even throw three touchdowns. I think Vincent Jackson, who blew up Atlanta last time they played, is is a good pick this week as well. I'll probably ride him in a couple... Daily and 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 uh, if you know if you're looking for a flyer in in daily league tournaments, um, I really think Taquan Underwood might not be mm-hmm. the worst play because yeah, he's volume. Yeah, clearly the number two guy in that off in that horrible offense. But you know, uh, playing playing that Atlanta uh, secondary is is a huge advantage and it really really shouldn't be overlooked. So obviously V Jack stands out, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't kind of you know. Poo-poo Underwood, and I just use the word poo-poo. Nice, nice. Yeah, so so Tannehill, Mike Glennon, last guy is is my the biggest man crush I have in, in football right now. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> um, I, I I do have a little bit of fear because it's a Thursday night game, mm-hmm. but maybe an always sloppy game with an always sloppy quarterback brings out... <laughs> Two double, ne- uh, two negatives maybe bring out a positive. Right, right, right. Sloppy and sloppy right? equals. I mean, like, like Ryan Fitzpatrick is made for a Thursday night game. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, I'm not wrong here. Oh no, no, no! Listen, if anyone's gonna come out and, and, and just just light it up, like yeah, like like eight touchdowns. Yeah, no, I mean, okay, well, let's not get crazy, but I mean, you know, <laughs> if anyone's gonna come out and throw for three hundred and three touchdowns, it's gonna be, you know, what do they call them, the Red Rifle? No, that's uh, that's Andy Dalton. Oh, um, you know I can't keep the redhead straight, and also it yeah. doesn't sound like a communist. Just a bit. but <laughs> but but dude, he he, ser- it, it just makes too much sense that that of all people on a Thursday night game, it would be Ryan Fitzpatrick. The one reason too to get him in your fantasy league is that article that I wrote earlier this week. Uh, I looked at all quarterbacks that are owned in 10% or less of, of ESPN.com leagues, and I looked at their schedule based on if they were playing 
a a pass defense according to the number fire metrics that ranked 20th or worse uh, against the pass. And I basically, you know, I, I made a little chart and it was fun. And I came up with this combo, the, the Fitzum combo of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Case Keenum because basically, if you put them together, they get a couple. They get you'll get three matchups against Jacksonville between the two. You'll get one against Indy. You can choose between the two of them this week. Uh, although I'm I'm still a little bit uh, scared about Case Keenum uh, just because we don't we don't have as much of a sample on him. I you know we we often see uh, quarterbacks. Uh, perform well their first few games because defenses don't really know what to expect. But as defenses get more and more film on him, they might they might start to uh, to play him a little bit differently. But you know, Keenum's still a decent option this week against Oakland. But uh, you know, those two guys combined are facing le- legitimately bottom five defenses from here on out. So you can go back and forth with them each and every week and really get uh, a, a really solid QB one, I think, out of it. Um. So yeah, I think I think uh, this week uh, Fitzpatrick is, is decent. The 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 Colts just gave up five touchdowns and almost six hundred yards the past two weeks against Kellen Clemens and and, and Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then always, you know, Fitzpatrick's always a guy who can do something with with his legs. He's really really flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, you're right. You're right, and I think that uh, I mean he showed that last what. The, the two starts are the two. Yeah, he's got two touch and in his three games, he has two rushing touchdowns. Right. I mean, and and he, I mean, kind of like Locker, he'll just take off if his mm-hmm. first couple reads are covered. Yeah, I'm not really concerned. People are a little bit concerned about like Kendall Wright without Jake Locker. I, I think it's fine because Fitzpatrick uh, throws down the field a little bit more, even though he might not. You know, <laughs> he might not be the the the. Develop the the developing quarterback that or the quarterback of the future in Tennessee, but I think right now his uh, his being uh, under center doesn't really do much to uh, affect uh, the the wide receivers there. Uh, he plays like he doesn't give a crap, and right, it's and it's awesome, and it, it is awesome, and I think pe- people will see that the the you know twenty seven people who watch on Thursday night will be. Um, really intrigued that wow! Look, this this guy is just like chucking it everywhere. I'm telling you, sloppy plus sloppy equals Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> going for 350 and four touchdowns. <laughs> I really hope this happens. I, it's it's gonna happen. I want to will. I want to will this to happen. Uh, I cannot wait. Um, you know, so those are the three guys that I, that I'm targeting this week with Fitzpatrick, Glennon, and Tannehill. But I do need to say. That there are so many other streamers. I would say Nick Foles on this list, but Nick Foles should be owned in every league, and he sh- he's a QB one. I-, I think he's a low end QB one from here on out. Um, does the does which isn't isn't a surprise because his touchdown to interception ratio is sixteen to nothing. Right. No, it, it is it is insane. I I I would say that I'm a little uh, concerned with his um, you know kind kind of lack of attempts, uh, pass attempts. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, he's not, it's not, he's not exactly, you know, throwing it 40. I mean, he's hardly throwing it 25 times a game. And it just, right. it just worries me that, that, that he's kind of a regression candidate when those, those deep fluttering passes don't land in the arms of, of Jackson or Cooper. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I agree with you there. The the one thing though, I, I do think that with, with the, uh, the Eagles over the past couple of weeks with Nick Foles playing well. It's been it's been more of a game flow thing with the attempts, and they they play Washington this week, um, 
who who can do do things offensively. So I'm hoping for for a high scoring game and hoping that Foles at least this week can 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 perform well. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm not I'm not disagreeing too much with with him as a as a top twelve option from here on out. Uh, but it's just it's uh, I I really I, I tend to feel a lot more comfortable uh, yeah. with a guy like Case Keenum who has dropped back. To, uh, he he's had a thirty nine dropbacks over his yeah. over his three starts, um, and that just I mean just for me it just makes me more comfortable with it, knowing that a guy has to throw because I mean Case Keenum has no running game behind. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And you know, I guess I guess it just feels it feels safer. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just being a total head case. Well, no, I think I think I think part of it is if you think about it, think about like Aaron Rodgers, right? He, you know, we, we plug and play Aaron Rodgers because he's so good, but his volume really isn't that high mm-hmm. typically, mm-hmm. and and we're not at that comfort level with Nick Foles yet. That's true. We're not we're not there. So it's yeah. I get where you're coming from. I I totally get it. Yeah. But um, you know, there's that, there's that crazy, crazy upside with Foles right now that you can't really ignore. Yeah. You know, I, I do remember, uh, when, when Rogers first came on as a, as a legit fantasy option, I think in Oh nine, was it? Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, he was a volume passer at that time. Right. I mean, I mean, he, they were throwing in so much back then, you know, 45, 50 times a game. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at attempts, um, Rogers is never up there. So you have a point. Yeah, I mean, and then they they get they do have a bye week twelve. Foles does. They do get Arizona then week thirteen, but then they get Detroit, Minnesota, 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 and Chicago uh, during the fantasy playoffs, which is awesome. So, I think uh, I think things are looking up for Foles. I obviously he, there's there's mm-hmm. gonna be some regression because he's playing out of his mind. But yeah, I just um, you know you can't you cannot expect this to st- to to keep up. That's just statistically, it's just not going to happen. The, the, those touchdowns, you know, to, to yeah. Cooper. I mean, maybe those underthrows were intentional, and if they are, then congratulations to both those guys. But whew, yeah, something yeah. something something scares me about that. That's all. And then I do want to say that uh, you know Josh McCown doesn't have a bad matchup against Baltimore, who's given up five touchdowns over the last two weeks. Um, and then Carson Palmer probably has a pretty high floor against Jacksonville. And then, you know, we, we've talked about Tolson uh, against against the Giants. He's not even in that bad of a play. Um, and, then, and then Keenum against Oakland, like I said, with him being that combo with Fitzgerald, he's not a terrible play either. I could see any of the guys that I've talked about tonight. Yeah. I could see Tolson, Keenum, uh, McCown, Foles, Fitzpatrick, Mike Glennon, Ryan Tannehill, any of those guys being QB ones this week, I could see it. Uh, just a quick note on Palmer. Um, I I like to use the uh, Rotoviz uh, uh, GLSP machine to, mm-hmm. um, it, it, and that that basically measures a, a guy's uh, uh, fantasy floor and then the median score and then his uh, ceiling for every week mm-hmm. against their opponent. And um, uh, Palmer has the as far as I could tell, the highest fantasy floor of anybody not named Breeze or Peyton Manning. Wow. Um, so, I mean, he, his his ceiling is not incredibly high. Um, but uh, if you're looking for a safe option, uh, I, it doesn't get better than Palmer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and even guys like – I could even see Terrell Pryor having a good week this week against, against Houston, who's looked awful on defense. I mean – there, there are so many options this week uh, in fantasy that, that you can't 
you know, obviously you're going to make the wrong choice. Some of you, not all of you, but I mean, that's just the nature of the game. But, but going into the week, there are many, many attractive options out there. Cool. Yes, for sure. So let's move into on the tight ends. We actually didn't talk about which tight ends we were going to pick. You want to say yours first, and hopefully it's not the same one as mine. <laughs> hopefully it's not. I have Rob Hausler. Oh, awesome! We have the same one. Oh. It's okay. No, that's good. It'll go quicker. Well, I, I I also mentioned in, in my XN Sports uh, a column for this week. I, I also mentioned Kobe Fleener, um, who plays uh, Thursday night at Tennessee. Um, he's still running a ton of routes. He's still getting a lot of targets. Uh, he was targeted 10 times against St. St. Louis. He's just not doing much with them. But, yeah. um, you know, with, with streaming options, pretty much all we can ask for are, are guys who are involved in the offense and who see targets, consistent targets. And, you know, in the post-Dwayne Allen era in Indy, um, Fleener has seen uh, a, a good amount of weekly targets. So, um He's not uh, he's not a bad option. I think I have him fourteenth or fifteenth this week. Um, just a a couple notes on on, on Hausler. Um, uh, you know, this is the guy, and I'm sure you remember this JJ, uh, who yeah. was being drafted a, a ahead of Jordan Cameron in mock drafts back in you know early August. Um, you know, before Cameron really showed what he could do um, in the preseason. And and also Hausler was 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 hurt with a with an ankle injury, um, but um, you know Hausler's uh, uh, routes, pass routes have have seen an uptick lately. Um, he ran uh, twenty pass routes last week uh, um, uh, against um, who did they play last week. Uh, uh, the uh, Atlanta uh, the Texans. Texans, yes, thank you. Uh, he ran twenty three pass routes against Houston and. Uh, and caught a, a, a tight end screen uh, for a 12-yard touchdown, which is the first, and I was just shocked to, to, to learn this, the first 72 receptions as a pro, that's his first touchdown. Yeah, the first Rob Hausler touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. just incredible. Um, uh, and, um, you know, the, the Jaguars are really, really generous to um, tight ends. They're allowing, um, when you when you adjust for schedule, um According to four for four, um, they're allowing eleven point eight points to, to tight ends, and we just saw you know JJ's guy Delaney Walker um, uh, go go berserk on them last week. So yeah, um, I, I I really I like I like Hauser this week over you know like streaming options like a like a Zach Miller or or yeah. a knife or if Gresham Gresham is back, which he's expected to be. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I don't really have more to to add to it, but, but basically, you just um, you you target Jacksonville's defense with the, whoever they're whoever whatever tight end they're playing against, and and he's a good option. Yeah, yeah. I I've I've taken advantage of that in a in a, in a few leagues this year um, when I've had injuries and, and other things happening. I I, um, I basically say, okay, who which tight end is playing Jacksonville? And you know, there there, there is a reason. I mean, it, it's it's their second is actually not not awful, um, but mm. they uh, Jacksonville boasts two not not boasts but is ashamed of two of the worst. <laughs> uh, they, they're they so proud of, of this we have, of how bad their defense is. We have is. two of the worst cover linebackers in the whole league. 
hip hip hooray. Yes, that's 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 what they have, and and that that's that's why they struggle. So, um, as long as Hausler sees, you know, twenty twenty five pass routes against that defense, I I really like his chances this week. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, we uh, let's let's get into actually. Let's just recap because I like to recap. Yes. Uh, so we have Rob Hauser. That, you know, we're not going to force tight ends. Um, and then I have you know tons and tons of quarterbacks, but the three that I mentioned most is Tannehill, Glennon, and Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's going to go off for 490 yards and six touchdowns. Maybe another 60 rushing. Uh, and then defenses. You had Green Bay and New York, correct? And you had the Cardinals if they were available, and, and the Jets, and the Jets, right? Okay, sweet. Let's uh, let's dig into the, some Twitter questions. We got we got a few this week. Um, the first one is from Nack Attack N A C C A T T A C, and he says Carson Palmer or Case Keenum as my starter this week. Hashtag QB streaming. Denny, what's your That's answer? That's a popular hashtag. I have, I actually have Keenum ranked above Palmer, and what what I would say is, uh, if you are, if you feel like you are, uh, you know, favored or like you have a huge edge on your opponent, then I would probably lean Palmer. Um, yeah. But um, but like I said, I have Keenum ranked higher, and I think he has a much higher uh, fantasy ceiling. I'm gonna go with Palmer just to make this guy's life miserable. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think Palmer, I, I always tend to go conservatively with, with fantasy football, and I'm pseudo-geriatric for doing it, but whatever. No, no, I, I think I could learn a lesson from you. Yeah, so I'm, I, my, uh, my my super non-conservative approach says <laughs> say, say, says Keenum, um, and uh, yeah, so good luck with that guy. Yeah, 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 knack attack, have fun with that. Uh, the, the next one is from Handsome Cheetah. <laughs> His, his, his handle is Handsome Cheetah, and his name is Jordan Brewer. He asks if Chris Ivory is a viable RB2 uh, from here to the rest of the season. Now, let me let me look up Chris Ivory real quick, and we can read off the, his remaining schedule, just so that we're even more accurate than than us just making up an answer and throwing darts. Uh, he got he has Buffalo this week, Baltimore, then then Miami, Oakland, Carolina, Cleveland, and Miami. So. Let's forget week 17 with Miami. So he has Buffalo this week. He could be an RB2 this week. He has Baltimore the next week, which he, he has potential to be an RB2 against Baltimore. Miami's horrible at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. Oakland's middle of the road. Carolina's great. And Cleveland's middle of the road. So I, I would say there's a chance that he could be an RB2. Yeah, I I, I can't I can't really get a grasp on how he's... Nobody can. Used. Nobody can. I mean, is, is, uh, is Powell still... In the mix for well, like ten carries a game, I don't. I, let's just. I I think the the thing with the Jets is if they get a comfortable lead, or if they get, if they're if they're in a competitive game, uh, over the last three weeks they played New England, Cincinnati, and New Orleans, and against New England it was a competitive game, and they uh and Chris Ivory that was the game that he had thirty four as four weeks ago because they had their bye last Jeez. week, but he, he had he had thirty four attempts, and then the next week. Uh, against Cincinnati, when Cincinnati got up so big early, he only had six attempts because they abandoned the run. But then against New Orleans, when they won, that was the game. Yeah, he got his payback against the Saints. He had eighteen for one hundred and thirty-nine and a touchdown. Right. So, so I think 
I think it depends on on how that goes. But but think about it. They play Buffalo and Baltimore, two teams that can't play off or that that don't do anything offensively. Miami, who doesn't do anything offensively. Oakland, who doesn't do anything offensively. So he's gonna be a, a part of the game plan on offense. Therefore, I think that he has an opportunity to be an RB two from here on out. I do too. Um, one thing that that jumped out at me uh, the. The Bills, uh, when when adjusted for schedule, are only allowing about 15 points per yeah. running back, which is uh, in the in the top seven in the league. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. So, Very good. But point. but that might be because they're being um, just you know destroyed through the air. I, I don't I don't know. I know that their their volume is, is, against isn't necessarily as high over the last. Other than last week, they I think the Steelers ran the ball over 30 times against them, but. I think the weeks before that, maybe the last, the, the few weeks before that, they didn't get up to maybe 20, 23 or 24 at most because I was looking at that earlier. Right. So, um, you know, volume could have to do with that as well. But but you're right. Their, their, their rush defense is a lot better than I think people give it credit yeah. for. Um, this is from our buddy Sal, 2QB FFB, uh, who, who is leading the Fantasy Pros rankings contest, so congrats, Yeah, for, for Week 10, he was, uh, Sal was number one among, among uh, I think, more than 100 uh, Fantasy Pros. Yeah. yeah, good job, Sal. We love you. Yeah. Um, he says, he actually, he has two, just because he, he wants to test us. This one is Ryan Fitzpatrick or Colin Kaepernick, rest of season. <laughs> oh, my God. What a question. <laughs> what a great question. It is a great question. I, I'm still gonna say Cap, even though I love. Actually, no, I'm saying Ryan Fitzpatrick because I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh my god! I, you know, I mean, that that's not crazy. That's the thing. I mean, that I mean, you saying if you go with Fitz, Fitzpatrick between those two, I, I don't think anybody could be like, oh, that's nuts, unless you're like really attached to name value, right? Um, no, really. I mean, I think that Fitzpatrick could out. You know, I'm going to say Kaepernick because, again, I play conservatively. But Fitzpatrick could easily outperform him from here on sure, out. Sure, sure. I, yeah, I, I think that if you have both of those guys, then you just play it by matchup. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Or just drop Kaepernick for Keenum and know that you're going to have a, a bomb matchup every week. Damn, that, that's, that is really good. Wow, that, that blows my mind. But, yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, more value rest of season. Ruben Randall or Shorts? This is from Crimson six eight seven. His name is Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, it's Shorts, yeah. man. It's Shorts. Yeah, for me, I'll say Shorts. I'll say Shorts as well, even though, uh, it, I mean, he gets he gets top coverage. So again, this week it's going to be yeah. Peterson. So you know, he might not be a good option this week. But, but, but he'll also get more than three uh, targets. Yeah, right. last week, and I I, I I get that last week is kind of scary because. Dude is Werner. Yeah, and but yeah, but I mean Tennessee's pass defense is elite, truly, mm-hmm. and so is Arizona's. So, um, but but the good the good thing is is that the Jaguars are probably not going to be, uh, you know, up in the in this game. Well, I don't you know I don't like to make decisions based on game flow, like predicting game flow. But yeah. I mean I mean look at they have they been in many games this year? No, so. Um, uh, I just I think that they played a little bit above their heads last week, and um, so the best thing that can happen for Shorts is that they get down by three touchdowns, and he sees a dozen targets. Yeah, does something. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. The the same guy actually, this uh, Crimson fellow Jerry. He asks uh, if 
if Pryor is done as a reliable streamer this year. If his knee is really as banged up as he seems to indicate it is, then I'm really hesitant to play him. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the the key word there is reliable. I think that he can still finish as a as a streamer, but I'm not going to feel comfortable putting him in my lineup. It's it's unfortunate because you know he had to leave that Denver game early with a concussion. Uh, yeah, at, at, just as he was really posting points in that game, and um, yeah. and then he missed the, the 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 following game, and now he's been struggling with 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 some sort of knee injury for two games now. Um, I would have loved to see loved to see what he could do uh, fully healthy for sixteen games, but I guess we probably will never know that. Yeah, I, I yeah, because he's not gonna he might not have a real legitimate career. Yeah, I just I I don't. I don't think that he's guaranteed to be a starter anywhere after this year. Yeah. Sorry, Davis. Uh, so this guy, Anthony Massolino, his, his handle is Trobes27. He has three, four questions for us. Oh, my gosh. He just went nuts. He just went living the stream just nuts. blacked out. And started... He just blacked out and just started mashing his keyboard, and it just turned out to be questions. <laughs> Um, non-stud QB to target for trade. If you have three running back ones and one running back two, and you could afford to move one. Oh, that's so confusing. Um, can you repeat that? This is this is one of those questions. I'm going to rant about this actually. In in Trobes, don't don't take it the wrong way when I rant about it, but it's very important to understand this uh, whenever I do rant about it. But he said non-stud QB to target for trade. If you have three RB ones and one RB two, and you could afford to move okay. one. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously, there's so many guys out there. Um, I, I'm, I mean, maybe like a, maybe like a Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That seems like a guy that makes sense. Um, I wouldn't say Tom Brady because we don't know yet. Even, you know, I, he, he had a good performance, but not there yet. But I think Russell Wilson seems like the guy in that answer or for that answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree. It, that's a very, uh, that's a very difficult uh, yeah. question to answer. So. I know. Come on, Trobes. Uh, the other thing that he says, will, will Cruz come around or should you try to dump him? They have a really favor- favorable schedule coming up as far as pass game goes. So, no, don't. I, you, you're selling at, at his rock bottom price. Um, yeah. So, no, I would not do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. And then he says, this week, Torrey Smith, Harry Douglas, or Victor Cruz, pick two. Oh, sorry. Those three pick two to keep rest of season. What? So I'm I'm gonna say Tory Smith and Victor. Cruz. Yes, that's <laughs> I would say the same. Yeah. Um. And then this other question is: Could you ever see playing Wright, Tim Wright, as a wide receiver instead of a tight end on Yahoo because he has both designations? Uh, he's not really involved in the offense anymore. So right. Um, I would say no. I mean he. He barely played on Monday. Like um, he was just chilling on the sideline for, for most of. I think he ran eleven routes. Uh, right. Which is just uh, continuing a trend of him running fewer and fewer routes. So no. Yeah, and and you can get you can get wideouts off the waiver wire in most leagues that have a potential to catch three or four passes in sixty yards. Yeah, and he doesn't, um, doesn't have that right now. So this guy Brian. He's he's FF Brian twenty four. Uh, he said PPR trade, Lacey or McCoy. Rest of season mainly. Then I can keep McCoy next year or Lacey next two years. But then he came back and said, I asked the question of Lacey versus McCoy for the podcast. 
have the option of Forte instead of of McCoy. So he's he's essentially getting. Uh, it, it sounds like he's trading Lacey for either McCoy or Forte, and he's able to keep McCoy or Forte for one year, but he could keep Lacey for two years. Yeah, I would. Uh, to me, I would. Since McCoy has a buy, I'd get Forte, and I wouldn't worry about the two years thing. Yeah, I think you're overthinking it if you think about the two-year situation. Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, it depends on if it's PPR with Forte because he's so involved in the pass game. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would do the same. Here's one uh, from Irish Chaos, who actually went to went to school with me. Oh, went to hey, that's awesome. Ryan O'Connor. Um, he said, "Would you? Would you? This is this is pretty high level, but I think that we can kind of narrow it down. Would you move Calvin for a top four running back for the playoff run?" Um, and then he says, "I would think running back scarcity trumps good wide receiver weeks." So, you know, I think it's a situation where if you can get a Jamal Charles, for instance, for for Calvin Johnson, sure you do it. Um, but it depends, obviously, on, on the rest of your team and whatnot. I, I don't know, man. I, I I mean, it depends. I, I don't know who he has at running back from wide receiver. Right. Um, so that would make a big difference for me. But, uh, I, I mean, you know, Calvin saw um, 14 targets last week uh, yeah. against the Bears. And, and, it, and it, was a, it was a great example of how a, it's kind of a glut of targets can make a difference because um, – you know, 14 targets. I think he only caught six of them yeah. um, for two touchdowns. You know, and, right. and uh, I'd, I'd have a hard time, you know, parting parting with Calvin. I don't know. I, I that's that's a fair answer. That's fair. We, you, so you you would just stick with Calvin. I would be okay with getting if you could get Jamal Charles because Jamal Charles' uh, remaining schedule. He gets Denver, San Diego, Denver. Denver can can stop the run, but it's going to be a high scoring contest. Right. Uh, Denver, San Diego, Denver, Washington, Oakland, Indianapolis is is the yeah. final stretch. So, I'm a I'm a fan of Charles. Jeez, you know, it, I'm I'm probably jinxing him right now, but Jamal is is primed to be a fantasy football playoff uh, hero for yeah. like the third uh, third time in, in in four years. You know, barring yeah. I mean, just, just ignoring the year that he blew out his ACL. Um, he was a hero in in 2010 in the playoffs, uh, and then 12 last year he went just berserk against the uh, Colts, yep. and and he, and he's primed to do it again. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's our boy Cremson again. Would you trade Gronk and PT Cruiser for first, second, fourth round pick next year? Standard scoring. What's Gronk's trade value? That's such a. It's another very, very deep question. Uh, you know, I think if you're getting a first, second, and fourth round pick next year for Gronk and and Pierre Thomas, who uh, it might not be relevant. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, if you're, I guess, I guess he's saying he's he's out of it, out of. Yeah, if he's out, yeah, if you're out of it for sure. Yeah, if you're out of contention, I would do that. Sure. Yeah, uh, Keenum. Okay. This is from D Morales eleven Dom. He says Keenum over RG three in the weeks Houston plays Jacksonville. Washington has San Francisco and Kansas City in those same weeks. I think here's the answer to that. I am I'm not even gonna allow you to answer. 
You can just nod your head. <laughs> okay. You wait and see, you wait and see how Keenum plays this week. Mm-hmm. There, there's no reason to just like to just to think like that right now. Yeah. No. The 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 rest of season questions with 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 unproven unknown guys are very difficult slash impossible right. uh, to, right. to answer. So yeah, I I would agree. We we just need we just need more feedback on on Keenum. Yeah. Uh, this is from Con- Conway VN. He says, Fleener or Tim Wright this week? I think that we just decided Fleener. Yeah, Fleener, yeah. And then what do you think of both of them rest of season? Fleener. I, I mean, listen, until and unless Wright's pass routes go up, um, I-, I would not use them, period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this guy, uh, Johnny Moss the third at Skip Moss 3 he has Cameron and Fleener, but he needs this to he needs space to pick up a defense special teams for playoffs. Can I drop Fleener and ride Cameron rest of season? Yeah, I'd be I'd be alright with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. Uh Dave Dave Derby at David A. Derby. TY has been exceeding expectations. With a tough defensive matchup this week, is he still playable in daily fantasy? Because they get Tennessee, they get Werner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends on, on, on which site because I think right. that his his price dropped on a couple sites um, for whatever reason. But but he's a, he's a guy who will survive uh, based on volume. Yeah, I think he's matchup proof at this point. He's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't. I, I mean, I wouldn't like go out and and roll with him given there's going to be other matchups for probably the same price that are better. Yeah. I mean, in in my you know, I, I don't look at a ton of daily. Um, I don't compose a, a, a ton of daily lineups before Thursday and Friday, but um, I, I would say that uh, he doesn't jump out to me. Yeah, I, right. And if he's like the same price as Vincent Jackson against Atlanta, right. you know, you go with Vincent right. Jackson. Um, this is two more from from Johnny Moss. The first one is need three PPR: Amendola, Keenan Allen, Victor Cruz, Josh Gordon, Jarrett Boykin. So you got Amendola against Carolina, Keenan Allen against Miami. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, Keenan Allen is is probably an obvious one. Victor Cruz against the Packers, mm-hmm. and Jared Boykin then against the Giants, and then Josh Gordon against the Bengals. Well, oh, uh, you know, I think I I actually would go with Gordon there. Yeah, I would too. I'd go Gordon and Allen for sure, and then I would probably lean Cruz over Amend. Uh, I don't know because I think I think what's going to happen in that and in, in, uh, this is a hat tip to, to Coleman Kelly. Uh, he he mentioned that how how the Panthers could dominate that game at the line and and force Tom Brady to throw quick passes. So right. in a full point PPR league, Amendola is kind of attractive. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree, but I, I would still go Cruz. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the uh, you know Gordon is actually really. It really has, has huge upside, I think, because the um, the Bengals uh, secondary is is obviously banged up, hugely banged up, and they were really close to getting burned two or three times against the Ravens. I mean, like yeah. fingertips, just just barely, kind of kind of in the end zone with Torrey Smith a couple times. Yeah. Um, so I, I I do see I see him as kind of a borderline must play. Yeah. Um, and this is the last one. It is from um, at memo thirty five. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it says ride Carolina versus New England or stream Green Bay and the New York Giants. It's Carolina. Yeah, it's Carolina. Sweet. Yeah. All right, we got them all done. Do you want to start ranting this week? You know what? I am uh, I am pretty rant free. Okay. I, 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 I hate to say it. I, I was trying desperately before the show to find something to rant about, but um, despite having a horrible week ten in, in, in fantasy and daily fantasy, I've come to I've come to grips with it. I've cried in the shower a little bit. And uh, I I think I'm ready just to just hear your rant, man. Good. All right. That sounds that sounds fantastic. I this this stems from what I was just talking about with uh, the, the trading and, and people asking, you know, we might have ranted about this before. That's fine. I think bringing up things again is, is perfectly fine because uh, things become more relevant, you know, throughout a, a fantasy football season. But uh, I think that people need to get a better understanding of, of the very, very basics and the logic behind trading in fantasy football because we're becoming we're, we're, we're coming to a, an important part of the year. Uh, in fantasy with the playoffs approaching and the trade deadline ending. And one of the biggest problems I continuously see is people wanting to trade for a particular person. But that's not how it works at all. And how it works is you take players that you want to get rid of and you look at teams that need those players. You look at teams that need something. Even if you don't want to get rid of your players, you look at a team need. If a team needs an RB2 and you have 18 RB2s, why would you not try to give them an RB2? Uh, so, so I think that, th- I mean, it's a very short rant, but I think that people need to understand when you're asking questions, I have player X, but I want player Y. How do I do that? You need to stop. You need to get that out of your head. You're not, you're not trying to get or obtain a particular player in 99.9% of, of cases, unless you're trying to get the, the, the Fitzum combo. Maybe you want to trade for Case Keenum, Fitzum. but but, but but really, you know, you, you need to you need to get that out of your head that you're that you're targeting a particular player. I can't believe how many times I've seen someone, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I really want Eddie Lacy, right? And they they go to the team that has Eddie Lacy, and they're offering Des Bryant, let's say, for Eddie Lacy. And then that team that has Eddie Lacy has no RB two, but then it has Calvin Johnson, AJ Green, and Andre Johnson, mm-hmm. and they're offering Des Bryant. Why would that team want Des Bryant? That team doesn't need Des Bryant. The team needs an RB too, so think about that whenever you're trading. Don't don't post or, or ask any more of those questions about who should I target because that's not how it works. Well said, and and I I, I totally agree. I think that uh, a trade uh, trade strategy could could use a, a lot of work. Uh, yeah, especially this time of year. Yeah, and and it's the the most important time to trade because you're you're pinpointing teams who are already out of the playoffs that might be giving up something a little bit easier. Uh, you know, you're pinpointing teams that are desperate or trying to get rid of depth. Uh, so it's it's a it's a good time to trade. So take advantage of that. Sweet, indeed. That's it. That that wraps it up, Dennis. All right. Well, I where where can everyone find you? Uh, I can be found on the Twitter at cdcarter13. Um, I write for uh, xnsports.com, uh, thefakefootball.com, and I write a, a uh, quarterback by waiver wire column for 4for4.com. Yes, very nice. And in your book, oh, did you say that? I know. I, I, yes, I do have a book. It's, it's uh, called How to Think Like a Fantasy Football Winner. 
Uh, it's available on Amazon, and uh, there will be an update uh, in in the off season since that's so horrifyingly close. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. Man, that's kind of that's frightening. I realized today that we're we're about sixty percent through the the the, the regular season. No, man, it really is. Like, <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts, guys. Mm. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone quickly. Uh, I'm JJ Zacharyson. You can find my stuff over at numberfire.com uh, and my book, The Late Round Quarterback. Check that out as well. Uh, let's go get some milkshakes, Dennis. All right, JJ. Yes. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. Check out Hope you come back soon as we share about the t-